Welcome back to another episode of the Taylor Fade Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Picard, alongside Alec Byersdorf. As always, make sure you go to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Bookie Sports Network. Follow us on all social platforms. We're on the Taylor Fade Podcast on Spotify, on Apple, and also follow us on Instagram, Taylor Fade Pod. This is your reminder to download the Bookie app today. We're wanting to build a sports community where we can all share our love for sports. The Bookie app offers quick and quality content, giveaways, and a risk-free sports betting feature. You'll never lose money on the app. You can build up your bankroll of Bookie coins by betting on any available sport and enter into raffles or with an upcoming new feature. Take your Bookie coins to the catalog and buy fun things such as gift cards, outdoorsy items, or your everyday household needs. Download today in the App Store absolutely free. Let's get into this. I mean, is this not the greatest football playoff in the history? I mean, it really is the greatest, but then you just look at just the last two weekends and you're like, this is amazing. I will go on record and say this was the greatest NFL playoff year in the history of NFL. It was insane. Five straight games into the overtime, exciting games left and right. Other than like the first couple rounds of bad games, it has just been nonstop greatness. The last six games... Between the divisional round and the uh, championship, the previous five had ended on a game-winning, like, as-time-expired play, either in overtime or the end regulation, and then the NFC Championship game last night, field goal, less than two minutes, got a turnover. You're talking about six consecutive games down to the wire. Absolutely incredible. With that said, I believe the underdogs were 5-1 and one covering, the only one being the Bills, not covering, which you could definitely argue should have covered or, I mean, got blown out. But with that, Let's get into the recap. We're going to start with the AFC Championship game. Bengals taking down the Kansas City Chiefs. We were in I, attendance. Yeah. It it was it's it's amazing. It's amazing to see what Joe Burrow has done with that offense. They're very young, they're inexperienced, their line's not that good. I think it's amazing for football, but with that said, just a couple takes. One, I got to apologize to the Bengals because I gave them zero shot to win that game. It was 21 to three, and I still gave them zero shot to win that game. Incredible, unbelievable halftime adjustments that team makes. Uh, Joe Burrow, ice cold. The dude is just a cold-blooded killer. That guy just loves to win. Chiefs probably have the biggest meltdown in playoff, arguably playoff history with how well their team is and the expectations that they have. One thing that we'll get into in a bit is they're going to start having salary cap problems the next couple of years now that the Patrick Mahomes contract extension is coming into play. I think his number goes up to $35 million this next year and then $45 million and above from there on out. But Bengals, I mean, unbelievable. 27-24, winner in overtime. I mean, I, I, I just, I'm speechless because I did not see a world in where that even happened, especially once the game was 21-3. to I will say this. I'm also going to apologize. I'm looking at you, Bengals fans. I'm apologizing. I said on this platform a week ago that if they got down 21 to three in the playoffs, they won't come back. The Chiefs will run it up. The Chiefs are going to run it up. I said that. I said, if they get down double digits again, like they did before, three scores, three possession game, they're not going to come back because that's not how the Chiefs work. It's not how play of football works. Teams don't just stop doing with their offense. All right, so credit to them for changing it. Two things. I love watching. I watched Get Up this morning. Dan Orlovsky was on it. I like watching him because he kind of breaks down stuff. We were talking, I was talking about it when we were watching it together. 
they were doing a rushing three. I'm like, you're never going to get pressure rushing three with a quarterback spy, rushing four. You got to bring up a blitz. I, I was saying that the Bengals should have done this. What he said the adjustment was is not only were they just rushing three in the first half, but they were sitting in zone. So he, when he's getting all the time, guys could get open. They have time, find areas. And then we, when the, the spy then runs at them, like, oh, the check down's open right there. They're running back out of the backfield. What they adjusted in the second half was the same, but they played man-to-man. And they basically protected the outside and they had a spy and then two other guys sitting in the middle of the field. So no one could run in or crossing routes. And they just said, hey, you just chase everyone. We'll have seven people cover four. We'll have a spy. And then that apparently just threw the Chiefs off. I'm going to say this. Andy Reid's been to five AFC championship games. He went to four NFC championship games and he has one Super Bowl. He's a great coach, no doubt. But like he doesn't make adjustments. And I'm saying this, he's been down before in half and they clearly come back. When they get up big and they go into halftime, the other team makes adjustments. They just don't make adjustments. They have a three, they're rushing three. Why not run the ball more? I agree with that. It, it was mind boggling because you're talking about a team that was in complete control. And then obviously the play before the half. I mean, and I want to say it's a theme, but like, I feel like coaches are consistently just out coaching themselves. Like I get the idea like, oh, we can put this game almost out of reach, but you have what was it? It was it was nine seconds left. They throw it incomplete. It took four seconds. You could still, I mean, at the one yard line, you can still run a three or four second play, like a quick cross or a quick out. If it's incomplete, you have one or two seconds left. But then you run like a, a little like play action and then you're looking in the middle of the field and then you have Tyreek Hill running backwards at this point. So now instead of the ball being at the one, you're at the five and it's like, I, it doesn't make sense to me. And then you're like, oh, no points. Well, they're up 11 and they played well. They'll be fine. It's like, you look at that, that, that right there is the difference in the game and they win in regulation otherwise. And who knows what happens, but I think you give a team as an underdog, you're like, oh, you still have a chance going into the locker room. Andy Reid did what every good coach took blame for that play call, but that's a hundred percent on Patrick Mahomes. You as a quarterback know you have five seconds and he clearly knows because the play before he threw it out of the end zone with nine yeah. seconds left. So he yeah. knew that oh. my problem was the play call itself. The blame goes to Patrick Mahomes because you can't throw it behind there. You can't throw it to Tyree Kill there. You have to just get it. If you don't see anyone, throw it away. Get three points. You get the ball at half. Now you're up two touchdowns. You get the ball at half, right? The play call was what the issue I have is why not just line up Travis Kelsey outside? You either run a fade, a slant, or a back shoulder fade. Three, four seconds. Boom. That's it. You kick it, right? Don't worry about anything else. The problem is they don't really have a wide receiver like Kelsey a tight end, but wide receiver that can line up for a jump ball. Yeah. They don't have that guy. And we were talking about at the bar. We just... They don't have a guy that can just throw it up. So they run these like plays. But I mean, everyone and their mother knew that they were throwing the ball there. So the Bengals did a great job. That right there, them coming out, getting a quick three and out, kicking a field goal, then coming up with a pick. That right there stalled them. But the Chiefs, what are we doing? You score three points in the second half. I had the over. It's 31 points. You told me 21-10 this game is going to go to overtime. I would have thought the over would hit in a second. Yeah. I do think you become the victim of your own success and a team as dominant offensively as them. I feel like you get this idea like we're invincible and we can do whatever we want. Especially when you're having like historically Chiefs. I mean, this offense is just so potent and high powered. And I just really think like you, you forget the basics and you're like, oh, let's just go be a hero in a moment we don't need to. Patrick Mahomes easily could have just literally thrown a laser through the uprights. Just thrown it 11 feet in the air through the uprights, somebody's going to be in the middle of the field. It's not going to be intentional grounding. Boom. Three seconds go off the clock. You kick your field goal. But then, yeah, to the credit, second half, they make zero halftime adjustments. They actually do, like, whatever adjustments they made or lack thereof, like, 
it doesn't make sense to me because they were running the ball well. Like McKinnon was getting like six, eight, nine yards of carry. And then like, you know what? Second and one, let's pass it. Third and one, let's pass it. And then it gets to the point mm-hmm. where to finish the game, they're driving goal to go touchdown pretty much wins the game. And I literally sat there and we were watching it with a Bengal fan. I'm like, and I said it, I said, I can see Mahomes running around and dropping the ball. Two plays later, he runs around and drops the ball because he's trying to be a hero versus just stick. Like he wants to go off script so much. Rex Ryan said this on get up and you know, Rex Ryan talks a lot of trash. I believe Patriots and he's a Jets coach, but he made a good point. He's like, it seemed like Patrick Mahomes lost his confidence. And I don't know if that's the case, but here's what I do know when I watch Patrick Mahomes. One, this year, he had a lot of interceptions. The year before when he didn't have any interceptions, he had the number one most like passes that should have been interception in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you can see early in the year, those became, he doesn't really throw the ball. He does these cool sidearm passes that are great. But if you look at his passes, he doesn't really throw in the tight windows. There's not really where he's hitting guys accurately. So what happens when they went man on that second last play, the last play where he got sacked and fumbled it, and luckily they recovered. There's like two or three guys open. Yeah, Hardman was coming across. And, and, and Kelsey was open yeah. in the field. He he gets like feet happy. He wants to roll around, scramble, and run around. And the guys aren't open. He can't really throw it into tight windows. I mean, the, the Tyreek Hill interception at the end, yeah. it was one-on-one coverage. If he, throw, he threw it a little better, I mean, Tyreek Hill catches that. He kind of underthrew him. And I've said this a while. I think Patrick Mahomes is you know, right now, him and Josh Allen are, you know, obviously the two best. You start your franchise with one, one A, mm-hmm. one B. I think when you watch some of his plays, like he throws this, oh, the ball deep to Tyreek Hill. Sometimes it's underthrown. Sometimes it's not hitting people in stride. And sometimes and, the guy's 20 yeah, yards yeah, open. Yeah, 20 yards on field, wide open. It's easy to throw. Now he does. Obviously, he's a great quarterback. He makes great throws. But like, I think when he like gets into those small windows, he makes like terrible decisions. And one thing I will say, and I think just the last point on the AFC championship, obviously credit to the Cincinnati Bengals pump for that city pump for that team. We said it when we were making our predictions. And I know we both had a prop that had Mahomes going over his rush yards. I feel like he loses his like confidence or, or he just tries to do too much instead of taking like the eight yards or the seven yards or this, you know, he decides to then, Oh, I'm just going to run around in circles and, and something's going to come up and it, yeah, it does have some success, but like I can count, Honestly, I think there was probably 10, 12 times where he could have just ran and got six yards instead of just running around doing circles. And like, there was a couple of times where like he turned around and he was very close to just being like blindside clocked because yeah. he just, I think he, he has this idea, like I have to do everything in the world. And it's like, just do, take what's given to you and your team's going to win. He stopped doing that in the second half, tried playing hero. Last thing before we move on, I think with him, his legs are good enough and like, uh, he's not as fast as Lamar Jackson, but he obviously is a running quarterback too. He can run. I think when he gets like that, he tries to score like a touchdown in every play because there's such a big play offense that it's almost like you're down, you're down five in football or in baseball. Someone's like, hey, we can't get it back in one swing. Yeah. Just get a double, get a single. And he wants to throw, he wants to score a touchdown or a big play every drive rather than just getting a, he wants he, the he hit a single. Explode. Yeah. And, and hit a single every time. And like you could, he could do that. And I thought they did that when they made adjustments when they started the year, like three and five or whatever. I thought they did that. Um, started doing more checks down, quick routes. But again, the difference between like, I think having legs like that, if he had Tom Brady's athletic ability, he, he might be a lot more like, all right, st- all right, where's the ball going? One, two, three, bang. Five, six yard out, good. Second and five, run. Third and two. Now they don't know what we're doing. But it, because of his legs, it sometimes hurts guys like that because they rely on scrambling, making big plays. So, yeah. but I mean, that's it. I know it's a long recap, but a great game. Let's head over to the NFC Championship game. We got the 49ers, played the Rams in LA. Might as well have been a home game for the 49ers. It seemed like a lot of fans there, but the Rams take them down 2017. Your thoughts? 
I mean, I think you you got what you expected. You knew it was going to be a close game. It's going to be back and forth. The Niners have had the Rams number. You also almost predicted this. Almost predicted the score last week. I said, oh, it could be a 21-17, 24-21. You just kind of, I just, you just had that feeling. Both defenses are very good. They can create havoc. Um, Both offenses are good, but they're just very. uh, The run has to set up the, it's passed. The 49ers didn't establish a run. And when you, if you would have told me the running stats that they had, I would have said the Rams would have killed them when it, when you saw that, but Jimmy G did play pretty well overall. I mean, he played statistically better than I think what people are talking about. Yeah. They look good. I mean, he had a touchdown pass because it was a screen pass to Debo and Debo did the rest, right? The George Kittle pass was great. He like, he got behind, made, made kill go up. He did it. But then for whatever reason, then he looked really bad when he didn't look great. Now give the Rams defense all the credit in the world. Aaron Donald and Von Miller are on another level right now. Aaron Donald looks like, I mean, he he looks like he's ready to kill Joe. He might kill Joe Burrow. I'm taking 10 thought, sacks of the yeah. team. <laughs> Cooper Cup playing out of his mind. Odell Beckham playing out of his mind. Here's the thing is, I mean, I'm happy for Matt Stafford. He got drafted by the Lions. Terrible team, terrible organization, you know, through the years. He stayed with them his whole time. But he basically threw a punt that could have almost sealed the game. They were down, were they down four at the time? Or was it tied? No, they were down, they were down three or four at the time. He threw it to uh, Tart. And yeah. I mean, it was a Literally punt. no he, one he, else. If he called a fair catch, caught and got hit, the ref might have thought it was a punt and thrown a flag. That's how crazy it was. It's a terrible pass. And so like he's due for some of those like plays. I want to say this. I think sometimes like these good coaches out coach themselves. It's a theme. It's a theme. These guys, like, and, and now they are great. They are good coaches in the NFL. McVay, Shanahan, right? Andy Reid. But they do these things where they, I think they get too cute sometimes. The Titans did it too. Those are all good coaches. Yeah. But like Zach Taylor has just not made mistakes as coach. Team's winning games. He just hasn't made a mistake as a coach. He's just calling good plays. He's not doing anything crazy. He, no one's questioning his game plan. He's just, call, they're just doing simple stuff. I and mean, like Shanahan, they're up 17 to seven. And you're supposed to have this elite rushing game uh, or team, and you just can't like, I don't know. I, I think it's tough. I, I I think coaches are so confident in their ability and their offense's ability that they they lose sight of what wins games. Like you know, we talked about like Patrick Mahomes just wants the crowd to erupt at all times. Um, I think Matt Stafford has that same. I mean, Matt Stafford can sling the ball, but early turnover throws a pick in the in the end zone first quarter. I mean, that's that wasn't talked about enough. Literally throws a fair catch to to the guy who just drops it. Nobody's even within five yards of him. Just, but that that's a game pretty much sealer at that point. I mean, there's nine minutes left, so the Niners still had to go and score. Yeah, but they would have had the ball. He at would have the ball midfield minimum if he if he catches the ball clean. He's returning at at least 10, 15 yeah. yards. I just think that these coaches get in their own way. Um, with that said, I do think Matt Stafford is capable of just boneheaded plays. He proved it. He's had a ton of interceptions all year. I, I do think that their offense is just, you know, with OBJ playing a whole lot better. Um, the OBJ that kind of got him famous. He's, he's playing really well. Cooper Cups just creates his own offense. Yards after catch, he's an animal. Um, I just think that their offense is, is, is really good, really balanced. You look at it and, you know, not that we're going to do the preview for the the Super Bowl, but you're like, wow, I don't know how the Rams don't win, especially with the their front four on defense, like if the Titans can get nine sacks, I think the Rams can get 18. Like, yeah. I think Aaron Donald and Von Miller, like might just set up a table in the backfield and just sit there because that's how they're just going to be there every single snap. Um, you know, I do think 
Both games amazing. San Francisco blew their chance to seal it. 49ers tried giving it away, but then they, hey, they credit to them. They pulled it out. They won it. Didn't cover, but. The only reason I don't have a feel in this game, because the Bengals and Joe Burrow, just there's just something about this guy that it's tough to be like, you're going to give me four points. I think it'll be another close game. The whole playoffs have been close. Would it surprise me if the Rams won by 20? No, it wouldn't. Would it surprise me if the Bengals won by 20? Yes, it would very much. That's why I'm like leaning Rams right now. But I, I have a couple, I'm going to save next week because I have a couple big Super Bowl like MVP odds that I like numbers on. I'll have a better read next week. But it's a team that's basically recruited and brought in players and traded for players versus a team that's done it through the draft and homegrown, like built them up through the draft. So it is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, initial thoughts. I look at the game that the Bengals played against the Titans just because of their defense creating the havoc that they did. If Joe Burrow's running for his life the way he did in that game, I don't see how the Rams lose this game because I think their front four is so much better and their corners are better. So it's going to be very tough for me to be like, yeah, I can They got to run screen passes, quick passes. Yeah. They got to get like... Uh, the ball out of his hand. Out of his hands, two seconds. Like what kind of what like Brady did and kind of tired him out in that first Super Bowl. And then Aaron Donald was a little tired and he get kind of... You can go one-on-one for them a little bit, and then they had that last drive. But you're also your defense also can't give up like 28 points. Yeah. Like so, but the biggest news in football the weekend, Tom Brady retires, but doesn't retire. Allegedly. Allegedly. I saw so many great tweets too, but thank God Tom Brady's not a person that like that ever played his career with a chip on his shoulder, proved people wrong, right? Because this is a guy that never did that. So out of spite, he would never plan to retire, but because it got leaked and he's mad now unretired. There's no way he would come back for another year, right? That's not the type of guy Tom Brady is. No, he doesn't do that. Not the Tom I know. <laughs> I'll say this though. I heard a bunch of rumors. Um, some of them are basically he was going to hit one more episode of Man in the Arena and he was going to say, hey, this is the Bucks and this is my last season and I'm retired. So they think it's someone that was working for Man in the Arena leaked it to uh, Adam Schaffner. The other one was he has a Super Bowl commercial because he had a Super Bowl commercial about going to the Bucks like two years ago. And then they think it was, um, or it was like, thank you, I forget what it was. They think he was doing a Super Bowl commercial and he didn't want the leak. He wanted that to be, the, he wanted to be the one to tell. But I have no feel, I think he's kind of leaning retirement, but it's kind of crazy how everyone was tweeting it out and he, his family or his agent never said anything. Here's my thing. Like, I, I think he wants to retire and I think his plan was to retire because that doesn't just get like leaked. There's got to be a pretty solid source for like Adam Schefter to be like, yeah, he's retiring. Um, my guess is, is you know, I didn't, I didn't know those things were behind the scenes, but I mean, that would be like pretty fitting. Like guy doesn't make the Super Bowl, like greatest to ever do it. Like I'm just going to steal the Super Bowl spotlight and have everyone talking about my retirement commercial. Like that'd be pretty badass. Um, so I, I could see that happening. Like obviously Tom Brady's not going to just write like a note and post it to Twitter. Like it's going to be something big. I think he wanted to be the one released. Yeah, and now that it got released, he might be mad and be like, Hold up, we're going, we're running back one more year and then we're retired. But he also doesn't want a farewell tour. He was always said. But to the point though, like if you truly want to retire, like I don't feel like there's like a move I'm going to do out of spite, like oh, I'm going to play another year. Like, no, like if it's been what a week since his team got eliminated, if he has already made the decision and it's someone knows who leaked this information, like you're yeah. not going to, you're not going to be like, all right, nah, yeah. psych. I'm I think he's just mad that so it got leaked because he wanted to be the one to For say, sure. yeah. And as he should be, because, yeah. as anyone does. Like if you have big, important news and you're like, hey, Scott, I'm going to tell you something personal. Uh, I'm going to, you know, let the world know here in about a, a week. And you go, hey guys, like Alec has breaking news and he's retiring. Mm. Like 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's going to make you mad, but I just still, I don't see it changing his decision. If that's, it'll eventually come out whether he does retire or not. Like, what was this, like, source or leak? But you know what? Let let the guy go on his own. Like, he he deserves to have, like, whatever announcement he wants to make. It's not going to be something very, like, it's not going to be a, a letter to post on Twitter. It's going to be something like a newspaper ad, a commercial at Super Bowl, part of his yeah. man in the arena. Uh, the Manny Maria makes sense or like a commercial of some sort. Like, someone I mean, has to work on yeah. it. That's not as in our team, especially ESPN. Correct. And they leaked it to, or even like, it, he, and they leaked it to chef. I mean, here's obviously. the thing too. Like even his whole, it could be like a super secret, like commercial and you hire your own like producing team and none of them leak it, but then they still have to send the commercial yeah. Oh, yeah. in. So like, you know, Super Bowl's what two weeks away. Yeah. Like commercials got to be sent in by now. So like I, I could see that being the case. Um, Tom Brady, when he, like five, six years ago, me people are talking about retiring. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna retire when I suck. Someone's like, Tom Brady says he's gonna retire when he suck, and then he goes, Man, this is taking too long. I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, I just said this. I wish as a, like a more just because I want to see. I wish he didn't like have a family or kids. <laughs> and, uh, that sounds bad. <laughs> Cut that out. I wish he didn't. No, family's important to him. Like he wants to be there for his kids, and he, and Giselle wants him to retire years ago. What I'm saying is, I would like to just see how far. He, how long he can actually play until he sucks. Like, could someone actually get to 50? And it's like, no, like, listen, you're 47. Like, your body finally just goes after, like, one hit. Like, everything just breaks. You know, you're, Yeah, but it, I think that's why he doesn't want, he doesn't want to get to that. Obviously, yeah. for the record, Scott doesn't care what Tom's family thinks. And he wishes he didn't have a family. I actually don't. Everyone's like, are you Hot upset? Hot take out of Scott. No, everyone's like, are you upset about this? And I was like, no, he doesn't play for my team. I just wanted to see, 40- actually, if he could play to, like, 40, like, imagine like a 47 year old guy throwing for like 40 touchdowns and 45. Like, I just was curious to know if he, how far yeah. he could make it. That's what was no, more. I get it. Could he get, get to a hundred thousand yards? Could he get to 800? Like I was yeah. just more curious about those it. numbers. I get it. No, I, 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 I get it. I just think it's funny the way you say it. It was, was not ideal, but uh, no, I think, you know, you got to look at it. His kids are getting older. His family has sacrificed so much for his career. Like there's a point where you're like, and I think he's at that point where he's like, yeah, my kids are, you know, in high school, middle school, they're, you know, they're getting to that age. They've seen them play, which I think a lot of athletes want like their kids to be able to see. Yeah. Their, and remember it. You know, cause yeah. like one thing I always, you know, it's kind of crazy is like Tiger Woods had such a dominant career, but like his kids only saw like one major. Like, yeah. Very different than, you know, what Tom Brady has gone through um, and whatnot. So I think, I do think he's going to end up retiring that source. Adam Schefter is not going to just leak something that he doesn't think is like, yeah. is a valid source. Um, and I, and I don't even really know. I didn't follow a whole lot after like it kind of like got retracted, but I don't know what Adam Schefter said. Adam Schefter might have just like, I don't know if he retracted his comments. Or, no, he didn't. He, and him so and, him why, and Rappaport, like, we're just like, no, like this is like. This is our sort. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like we're feeling like really good, which I mean, that's why I think it's the man in the arena because that's an ESPN thing. Yeah. So someone's working there. I will say this. How quick do we start getting um, Jimmy Garoppolo loses his contracts up? Do we get Tom Brady to Niners for one last hurrah at his hometown? I guarantee someone's going to throw that out there in a second. Yeah, but I, Tom Brady, if he actually does retire, will not go. He won't play. If he, He's not going to another. He's either playing one more year with the Bucks or, or he's retired. Yeah, yeah, he's exactly. not going to the night. But there's going to be people throwing it out there, oh, like yeah. whatever. Um, but that's that's it on the NFL right now. Next Again, next week we'll do uh, Super Bowl. Let's just talk a couple uh, quick things that happen around um, All-Star Game. Uh, starters got announced. NBA. NBA. All-star game of stars. We'll start with the East. I'm just going to rattle them off. Kevin Durant, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, Marta Rosa. Any of them think there should be anyone else that should be in that instead of? I mean, 
Kevin Durant's a stud. Kevin Durant, prior to being hurt, it was MVP. Joel Embiid's on an absolute... He's a, he's a favorite right now for yeah, MVP. He's, a, he, he, he's, he's on a tear. I mean, if you look at his like last 20 games, I think he has over 30 points in like 18 or 19 of them. Like, guy's on an absolute tear. Giannis speaks for itself. I don't know all of Trey Young's stats. I think... Yeah, and, and DeMar, DeMar DeRozan is playing very, very well. well. Yeah. I think him or Zach Levine probably should have been the starter. They're one of the best teams in yeah. the East. Trey Young, I, I, I don't, don't know his, his stats too well from the, but I would like, obviously it's a name and he's having a good season. Do I think it's star caliber? No, I think there's some other people. Like I wouldn't like, what about, uh, what's Darius Garland's stats for the Cleveland? They're, they're oh, doing really well. They're third. And he, yeah. And Without he, Sexton, too. Yeah. And he's playing really well. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing him in there. Like, I just get, he's not, a, it's not a sexy name right now. He's playing really well in the well, third best. It's a popularity best. contest. Yeah. So. But it's, it, it is a little bit, obviously, but most of the popular players are still the best. So. Correct. It is a little different. Um, And it's tough. It's not like baseball where guys, like, the guy's hitting 240, but his name's, you know you know, Babe Ruth or Derek G. They just put him in a popularity contest and he's, he plays the game. So again, Trey Young is on. I actually think there's, in the West, there's a bigger snub. And what's the West lineup? So that's, we got LeBron James, Jokic, Steph Curry, John Moran, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, LeBron James offensively playing out of his mind. And he's the most popular player in the game. So that's not a shock. Who are the other ones? Sorry. Jokic, MVP yep, candidate. MVP candidate. Totally good with Steph that. Steph Curry, second best team in the NBA right now. Agreed. Best player. John Moran, Grizzlies are rolling. Yeah. He's, and he's putting I, up like 30 he, points a yeah. game every night. And then Andrew Wiggins. Who is having a great year. For Andrew Wiggins, he's having a good year. Yes. Great year. However. He's not in the top 25 in any well, offensive category. And, and, we're in, and we're in Arizona for all you non-Arizona listeners. I mean, the fact that Devin Booker is not. Or, or Chris Paul. Chris or Paul's Chris Paul. might be the more. They are the best team in the NBA. The best they, team. The best. And it's Hands not down. even close. Hands down. It's not like they have- Hands up too. I mean, yeah, they're, yeah, hey. they're just, they're they're dominant. Head, shoulders, knees and toes, yeah. knees and toes. Doesn't matter. Like, like, they're the best team. They're the best. And you're telling me not, and Devin Booker- They're I, both, all, they're all going to be all-stars. But the best team doesn't have the best point guard who's carrying that team. And, and it's not like if Andrew Wiggins was going like 20 a game, he's like 35th in points. He's like 78th in like rebounds. It's contest. But it's, now, Greg, do I think Andrew Wiggins is an all-star? I do. I think Andrew Wiggins is an all-star. I think the fact that we always like to prop these guys up. He's a top overall pick. He struggled. He became out, was told like basically the media was telling him he's like a me guy. He only cares about himself. He goes there, finds his role, which makes me, you know, I'm a big believer too. A lot of these guys in all sports, a lot of it's a fit too. Like he went to the right, like, he just needed to you be go back the, to football. Like Matt Stafford just went to a wrong team, but ball out. He's finally on a good team. It's like if he just struggled his senior year in college, or maybe it was a late first round pick and he got drafted by the Rams early on, like he might have had a different career. And no, change subject. But Andrew Wiggins got to the right system, a team that yeah. like actually like you know treats him well. He doesn't need to be the best guy. They play team basketball. Yeah. He's having a good all star. He's the second best all around player on the team. He's not a top five player in the West. No, not not even close. There's just a lot of other candidates that are deserving not to put down Andrew Wiggins in the season he's had. There's just other players that are deserving. I just find it very hard to believe that. And I get it. It's a popularity contest for the all-star voting. It's about the fans. We let them have a say the best team in the league easily. And you're telling me not one of the like Devin Booker has been unbelievable now for years. Chris Paul is one of the greatest point guards of our generation having an unbelievable year. It just doesn't make sense to me. Booker is one, two, three, four. Seventh in the MVP, like odds, ahead yeah. of uh, ahead of LeBron James. 
Yeah. Right. So think about, and he's not on like that. I let me get straight. I'm gonna say something though too. Is the All Star Game is a popular cast? I get that. I do have a problem sometimes when they oh it's a popular they put guys in in there because of the popular or because they think they're better. Like is LeBron James better than so and so? Yes, he's like up here. But who's having a better year this year? That's who I always said these All Star Games should be. Who's having the better year now? Yeah, but you and, can't say LeBron James doesn't. No, no, no. I'm just using his like if LeBron average like had a bad was having like at playing like 15 points, eight rebounds, six assists. He wasn't having a great year. They'd still put him in the All Star game because it's LeBron. He's still like his body of work, and you know that he could play all. My thought on, on all any All Star game is it should be what have you done from a body of work this season? We shouldn't put past your talent. Yeah, your talent is so much better, right? Andrew Wiggins though is having an All Star season. He should be an All Star, but. He's not statistically this year having a top five West season. Correct. That's just that's just my, my problem with it. Like Devin Booker should be in there. Chris Paul should be in there. One of those two should definitely be in there for them. I mean, Luca should be a starter over. I think yeah. he's having a better year. Now, his team's not doing as well as Golden State. But again, that's the only stuff. Now, he's deserving. So I don't want to. The thing get- is that Golden State has the, the fan following. Um, yeah. And so they're going to get a ton of votes. Um, not to switch sports, but you did mention about Matt Stafford if you play with the Rams. At the end of the day, like, it, I, I don't really think it matters who's quarterback for the Rams. Oh, I meant just more like if he if he was say like if he got drafted. Uh, there's into a there's team an like article that. I was reading. It's like this just proves in your last year of like college football if you're like a top overall pick, just kind of like have an okay season. So you fall to late first, to so you get to team. a good team that needs a quarterback. Like Aaron Rodgers fell to a good team that needed a quarterback, and he obviously right. Yeah. So you have these, and obviously a quarterback can make it. But like I mean, Trevor Lawrence sunk this year. If they if he goes through like. Jay Cutler got drafted to like bad teams at the time. Yeah. And they, he, he went through, I think his 11 years, went through like nine offensive coordinators, so four cool. head coaches, right? There's no consistency. There's the terminology yeah. takes like all that stuff. Stafford had the same thing. Like there's no consistency. If he had the same coach, you know, for 10 years, like yeah. he might have, a, he might have a Super Bowl. If he was, if he was drafted with like Chargers with Phillip Rivers or, you know, whoever, I, I, that's all. It's, it, but basketball the same way. Like some guys like takes them a while to find their role. Andrew Wiggins also like still 25 years old. Yeah. There's also, insane. I think in basketball, there's very few players that are getting drafted that are like, yeah, this guy's going to turn around an organization. It takes more than just that guy. Like there's very, very few. I mean, obviously those guys that do have that ability, you're talking about like once in a generational talent. Like, yeah. you know, you look at um, the greats that turn around organization, like, you know, LeBron, D Wade, like from, from the mid two thousands. And then you look at even recently, like you're looking at like Luca, maybe Trey young, maybe, but still like still needs help to kind of put it together and really like turn around a, a, an entire team. And so, you know, with that said, do I think a Wiggins deserves to be an all-star game? 100%. He's having a great year, especially without clay Thompson early, like definitely was like, you know, the, playing that second, that second role very well to Steph Curry. There's just better options. And that's why I just it bothers to me like we give fans votes for certain things because at the end of the day is it like that big of a deal is Devin Booker and Chris Paul gonna be like really mad ah Devin Booker might I feel like he likes to play like that like chip on his shoulder role pretty well I just think it's just a disgrace because you're talking about the best team in the NBA by far with two guys putting up very good numbers it's not like you're like oh he's only averaging like eighteen you know seven and six no I mean he's putting up numbers and leading them night in night out so. Yeah, they'll be in the All Star game, but just not. They just got the All Stars. They got the snub. Yeah, they, they got the snub. So and it'll be perfect for them to put a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, so like, great. Yeah. Um, last thing I know we touched on it last time: MLB lockout, no development. From what I saw today from Ken Rosenthal with the Athletic, they are very far apart. Oh, far, far apart on CBA talks. So I don't know what very far means. Is it 
you know, I, I know there's a lot of things they were different on. I don't know who's holding still with what, but that's the last I saw. Shoot, we're three weeks away, less who two weeks away from pitchers and catchers supposed supposed to be re- reporting. So it, it is starting to get to that time where obviously they're going to have conversations more frequently. Maybe someone's like, hey, we're we're willing to give it up. Obviously, the owners don't want to miss out on hundreds of millions of dollars, but at the same time, neither do players. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But I, I hope to God that it doesn't doesn't last because I, I, I was talking to my brother about it. I'm like, all these players have to have contracts already. Right. Like all these guys that haven't didn't sign through free agency, like they've already talked to these teams. Like the day this ends, there's going to be 200 free agents announcing their signing. It's going to be mayhem. They're going to be trying to get to new teams, organizing all this. And then what starting spring training a couple days later, having an alternate. I mean, they have to have a spring training of some sort. Like even if this lockout holds until May, they can't just be lockouts over. You have a week. Like, no, they have to give these guys like a ramp up period, which I don't see it happening, but hey. Imagine you're. Like a rookie, they just got drafted. Lockout happens. I don't know if like that's not quite the same. No, I just meant like you don't have it. You get can't play, so you can't even make your signing bonus. Yeah, you don't get you, paid. Don't, you don't get paid. So you're a rookie. It's twenty two, or even if it's like a fifty grand signing bonus that you just signed, you gave up your senior year in college. Well, you know what's crazy about baseball is this how the signing bonus works. Is you get half. At least this is when I was playing. You get half when you sign, and then you get the other half at the next spring training. Yeah, it's not so the worst they, thing. No, but like if you're and you get four hundred dollars in a yeah, but you're you're talking about guys that like that's all when you get drafted. It's not like baseball where you sign like or not like football or basketball where you sign like a thirty million dollar deal. Like no, like you you get your signing bonus and you have like four years of grinding in the minors. So you know if you sign for a million dollars, you're like yeah, I'm gonna have a million dollars and I kind of got to make that last. But you're like okay, I get five hundred k, you get that tax, so you're like okay, I'm gonna get about two fifty three hundred, and I'm not now I'm gonna get my other three hundred. Next February, when I report. Question: If say, say I sign for a million, say I'm a second round pick, could go uh, 18 years old. If I sign for a million dollars, can I ask them to split that up to the next 250 thousand through four years every spring drink? Because like if you sign for the million, say you sign for a million, they give you half 500 thousand. You're getting taxed really high. But you know you're making a thousand dollars a month in the minors. You might as well just say, hey, give me a hundred grand now, so I'm only getting taxed. Um, I don't think you can. Okay, I didn't know because that'd be like the smart. I'd be like, hey split this up over the course of, so you yeah. pay less in taxes. The, the, the reason is, is that they have a pool. Um, each team has a pool of what you can pay out each year. So it's like part of their, yeah. like, how, like they, cause otherwise they'll just have like the teams being like, Hey, I'm going to pay you the most like every single year. Like we're going to draft you higher. We're going to, cause there's like a slot value yeah. In, yeah. in the major league draft. I was just yeah, curious about that. Yeah. Cause that, I would think if you, yeah, you sign for 250,000, yeah, they, they pay you 125. You get, I mean, only the first two rounders are getting, yeah, so you get well. So at least all these these first guys are getting that signing bonus, and they're not they're not like they didn't lose out on the money. I was thinking like those minor league people, but now the the second year. So say you spent all year in the minors. Your second year, say you're a college, you know, you gave up your senior year yeah. and or whatever. You're saying you're trying to make it, and you have to sit out like a, a whole year or, or last whatever. You're sitting like not making any money. You're a minor leaguer. You know, there might it's be a tough. lot of minor leaguers that might have to go get jobs right now. That, that's pretty much what minor league baseball is. It's it's brutal, but yeah, with that. It doesn't sound like they're close right now. Maybe things change because we are getting into like, hey, we're supposed to be reporting for pitchers and catchers usually report like around Valentine's Day. So we'll see where that goes. Hopefully, we wait next week we'll do Super Bowl and maybe a waste management. Yeah, cap. Yeah. Maybe we'll get our good friend Tony Finau on the the call. Good friend. Good friend. Tony. Tony. All right. Hey, make sure you follow us uh, again on all the social Instagram at Taylor Fade Pod. Go follow us on Spotify, Apple, leave a review, and on YouTube, the Vookie Sports Network. Thanks. Download Vookie app today. 
for all your sports content. Join the community. Download it. Place those risk-free betting. Collect the coins and enter for raffles. Win cool prizes. Even your chance to uh, see Kygo here in a few weeks at the Waste Management Open. Have a good week. Bye.